Hi guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of Anime Podcasters, episode 40. Here we are, we have two amazing guests with us, my amazing co-host Hotshot. How's it going, buddy? Hello, I'm feeling dead inside. Why? Because you're here. This is our thing. Our thing is going to be including another amazing guest today, and who is that guest? GoPro Kill. How are you? A heartbroken GoPro Kill. <laughs> <laughs> Cheyenne only contacts me for artwork. That's all he wants me for anymore. That's a fair point. <laughs> and you always just whore it out to him. Uh, art, artwork and guest spot on the podcast. Come on now. <laughs> no, we had to pay him for this. Don't tell sure. him that. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about the podcast, I have some uh, quick housekeeping notes I want to get through. Today's topic is Greatest Anime Villains number 2. We've done this podcast before on episode 6, and we have the same panel. Uh, we have five picks of anime villains that we're going to be going through each. It's going to be a great podcast. I'm very excited. It's a great way to, ep- to kick off uh, episode 40. Uh, we're now in the 40s. This is crazy. Uh, so, first of all, really cool announcement. Anime Podcasters is officially on Spotify. So I guess that's an extra platform to be on. It's really cool. I didn't even know you could podcast on Spotify, but now we can. We're there, so you can download the podcast on Spotify if that is your preferred platform. Also, a uh, big announcement. Uh, a couple episodes back, Hotshot, remember how I mentioned to you that the podcast was at a 1,000 plays on iTunes? Yes. What if I told you that amount doubled? Is it at two now? Yeah, we're at 2,000. Oh, nice. nice. So that's Were you saving that crazy. just for the podcast so I would yes. actually respond to it? Yes, yes. We build this together. I should know these things. <laughs> no, it was a surprise. I mean, uh, it, it's really cool that, <laughs> that we've gone to that amount. Um, and uh, so with uh, us being at episode 40, I'm going to also be working on getting some special guests on the podcast. Um, and finally, um, since we've done this podcast before, the same topic, uh, we uh, had uh, previous picks, obviously. So uh, just very quickly to mention them so you guys uh, know that we're not going to be picking them. Uh we had, like, Yu Yu Hakusho villains. We had Frieza, Cell, Boo. Uh, do you guys remember any characters you picked in the first podcast? Um, I know a couple of mine were from shows that weren't very big. I know uh, I picked a character from Afro Samurai, and then one of them was from uh, some very short show that I don't think anybody's heard of before. <laughs> I think I took uh, Light before you guys had a chance to. Did you? I think so. I thought I he th- did. I think I did. Because you hate Death Note. <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, but I still appreciate a good villain. <laughs> I hate this villain so much, I'm picking it first. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> if you hate someone more- enough, shoot them. I'm kidding. Do not actually do this. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um. So today we have a brand new set of villains. Who would like to go first uh, with their villains Who's list? been in the podcast the longest? Okay, I'm gonna go first. Fine. I am picking from Dragon Ball. I'm picking Broly. Basically, I'm picking uh, the legendary Saiyan Broly. Um, obviously, he comes through in a bunch of movies. We see him uh, where it's uh, him versus Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, Trunks. Uh, and he really just destroys them all the time. And I know a lot of people are saying, Oh, why would you pick Broly? Because he's not canon. He's only been in movies. Well, guess what? Dragon Ball Super movie, he's back. And Dragon Ball Super is canon. Therefore, Broly is now canon. Um, this guy is a powerhouse with his key blast, his attacks. He can really be uh, absolutely insane, and he, all he wants is to destroy Kakarot. He's a like, Kakarot. That's all he can think of for breakfast, lunch, dinner. He just wants to destroy Goku, and he really gives them a big run for um, his, their money because with his power and all of the 
the strength he possesses, he basically needs to be ganged up on in order to be defeated. I know there was the movie where it was like Goten and Trunks versus Cybro Broly. Like he was like a big mud pile or something and it was Android 18. <laughs> I am not picking that Broly. That Broly can go back in the mud pile for all I care. Um, so Broly is my first villain. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be doing in Super. Uh, absolutely amazing villain in my opinion. Um, it's, I, I'm happy he's considered canon. If I had to pick like one non-canon character to become canon, it would be Broly for sure. I love how Broly is the legendary Super Saiyan and we don't even meet him until we've met like seven other Super Saiyans. Right, right, but it's also the fact that he's not canon. That's why we do meet we meet him later. Like th- this is the big thing. He's not canon until just recently when it was announced that the Dragon Ball Super movie, the big villain in it, is Broly. Well, I mean, I get that. It's just kind of funny that like he is the legendary Super Saiyan, and I'm just over here like, dude, there's like five of us already. <laughs> right, true. get in line. <laughs> the thing is, I wonder if he's going to be able to use Ultra Instinct in the movie because obviously Kakarot, legendary saying as well, uses Ultra Instinct. Yeah. So yeah, and since since we've kind of established that anybody can be Super Saiyan God at this point, it could happen. <laughs> I mean, I I really just enjoy this villain like so much just just from an action point of view, like action packed, absolutely a powerhouse. No, yeah, all the all the fights with Broly are really fun to watch. It's just like the core the core of him just super or legendary Super Saiyan throws me off because it's like okay, yeah, it takes like five Super Saiyans to take him down, but you're missing the point here. There's five Super Saiyans fighting against the legendary Super Saiyan. Right, right, right. Obviously, uh, Church, any thoughts on Broly? Um, Broly Smash. Basically, he's like the Hulk. <laughs> I, I, I think not, that's the. Well, I think that's the honest to god reason why everybody, why a lot of people like uh, Broly, is because he's the Dragon Ball equivalent for Hulk or Venom, basically, and he's just uh He's basically the the uh, say, an, an embodiment of a tank, like a human tank, and I think that's what uh, people like about him. He's not really a. Uh, a thinker. Yeah, he's not a. Yeah, he's not a mental villain or a, uh, a psychological villain. He's very sometimes, much a. Uh, he's very just, much just a physical villain. I think sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes you just need a villain who can wreck some shit. Yeah. Like absolutely, just tears everything with his punches and his key blasts. And I'm I'm looking here. Apparently, he has a Super Saiyan four transformation in Dragon Ball Heroes. Like he he he's he's cut from the same cloth as our favorite characters like Goku and Vegeta. And the fact that he's now canon um makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm just I'm excited to see what kind of damage he's gonna be doing in um this movie. Uh, also, like in the previous, we see him go toe to toe with Frieza and Vegeta and Goku. And like obviously, the last time we saw uh. Broly, it was Dragon Ball Z, and now we're in Dragon Ball Super, right? Like, um, a lot of time has gone by, and I guess it's it's kind of crazy to see that Broly still matches up with these guys, even though all that time went through. Well, I mean, he's almost died how many times now, so he always gets a power boost from it. I mean, there's that, but it's, it's also the fact that, yeah, that's true. That is a good point. Um, that's all I had on Broly if you guys want to go to your next picks. I think, uh, I think we're good on Broly. Yep. Yeah. We've had enough of our Brolies. We've had enough Broly. I've had enough Broly. I'm done with the guy. It's over. <laughs> Die already. And we all ate stay our dead this time. So, I don't know. Like, did you put a spoiler warning for this uh, for this whole thing? Spoiler yeah. warning! Okay. There yeah, we go. Spoiler warning. I mean, we're discussing villains. So, yes. Spoiler warning right now. Uh, my villain is from Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, specifically from uh, Brotherhood. And that is Father. Father Hollenheim. And uh, this character is the 
uh, basically the puppet master behind the entirety of the Brotherhood series. He is the one who's controlling the homunculi, uh, basically the seven deadly sins in a way. And it's uh, uh, he's basically a clone of the Elric brothers' uh, father. He's the master mind behind all of these, uh, I guess, all the plot lines, all the crazy moments. He's the one, like, creating them, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, he's basically... Uh, playing everybody in his ha- into his hands and it's working out specifically in his favor and I think it's really cool to uh see a character who not only has a lot of power but also has a lot of uh, uh influence I think the word is um I like I like villains who are not just uh who like aren't just uh who aren't just uh thinkers cuz I think it's it's good for a villain or a character to have smarts in a way it's also uh, really cool to have a villain who's smart and powerful, and it's a really kind of a scary combination the more you think about it. Right. I understand how you're describing his, like, uh, he's uh, 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 the mastermind, therefore, like, I see him a bit as a puppet master when you're describing him. You're saying he's very smart, and I I, I can see that through, like, your explanation, but how, how do you, disp- like, can you give me an example? You said he's also powerful. Like, what about him is powerful? Um, Aside from the fact that he controls... Uh, these seven creatures who are who he basically made out of nothing uh he is also uh he's also strong enough to use alchemy to his benefit like he can use it however he wants to he doesn't have to abide by the laws of physics basically pretty much he uh just he could basically do whatever he wants to but he knows that uh, in order for his plan to work he has to kind of guide people in a certain way in order for things to go the way that he wants it to go uh, Austin, do you have any thoughts on uh, this villain father? What do you think about it? Uh, what do you think about this villain? I'm agreeing with Kyo when he says that we do like villains that are smart and powerful. Unfortunately, with father personally, I don't have a whole lot to add on him because I'm not that far in Brotherhood. I'm down to like the last 15 episodes. I want to say I'm in the first 15 episodes. I want to say <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started. He the might anime be yet. in the. He might. Austin might be into the second season. I don't remember where we left off though. I actually have to check, because yeah. I know I've watched more than 15 episodes, I was just kidding, yeah. but <laughs> I actually don't remember where exactly I am. Austin, your turn in that case. Go ahead, what's your first pick? All right, speaking of uh, FMA, Kyo, I'm going to need your help on this one. Okay. Um, my first villain is one of the homunculi created by Father, and that is the, I don't remember his actual canon name, but he is the Sin of Wrath. Uh, that well, that's what they go by. They go by the names of uh, their sins. Yeah, but when he's undercover, when he's with the alchemist, what's he go by? Uh, he is the spoilers again. Uh, he's uh, Fuhrer Bradley. He's the uh, the leader of the country. Yeah, so that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you picking this guy? Do you even know this guy? I do know this yeah, guy because I have seen Bradley in the actual show, and I have seen him turn evil. Well, I mean, he was always evil. He was just basically playing it up, so he actually had power. But mm-hmm. I'm picking him because he's one of those underhanded villains, the one who's not afraid to do the dirty work, the one that will actually plant a seed of trust in you, and then when he betrays you, you don't really know how to react, and he can just cut you down in less than the blink of an eye. Like he's a he's a betrayal villain is what I call him, and I'm calling okay, him okay. that because because he has all this power of all the country controlling the alchemists and controlling, basically making all the shots, and all of it is just to further his plan further. Okay, I see. I see what you mean. Um, 
So you say it was a betrayer. Um, what's the biggest backstabbing thing you could say he's done, or is that like a part of his character that's not you've not seen enough yet of? I haven't seen enough. I do know that um, Ed and Al reveal who he is, right, to the other alchemists. Yeah. Okay. So once he's revealed, um, basically he kills everybody. He t- he takes care of all of the alchemists essentially, like basically wipes all of them out. Mm-hmm. Essentially, not well. He he doesn't wipe out all of the all of them right away. He kind of does it in a more tactful way. He goes from uh, uh, like he as the leader of his country. He's uh, kind of got more influence than anyone else does. So he basically has the final say on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason it's Fuhrer because it's uh, uh based on German culture. But yeah, I would agree with you. I think that. Best way to describe him is uh, he's an underhanding, unexpected villain, and I think he's probably one of my favorite of the two, like between uh, him and Father. Mm. But I had to put a f- number five spot in there somewhere. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, the reason I put him at number five is because he's not in the show as much as. Uh, okay, I see. I see what you mean. That's, that's interesting. Um, I don't like. I obviously I don't. Oh, I haven't watched Full Metal Alchemist, but. Um, with father, does father like control him completely? Like I'm just trying to understand, like depict um, where he stands. Like, what's his relationship with father? Since we, we you, you guys picked him back to back, there's obviously like connection between the two. So, what's like, does father tell him exactly what to do? I'm just trying to understand, like the setup. Well, father is essentially Bradley's father, like in the word. So, wait, like, wait what, what? Isn't he? Who? Father. Yeah, father's the father. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you. I thought you said it the other way around. I when it comes like, to Bradley, Bradley you father. are the no. father. <laughs> no, 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 no! You will die anyway. Um, the relationship between them is father is Bradley's and the rest of the Hermunculi's actual father, and they will they will do whatever he says, more or less without question. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Um, so, like all of those, yeah. all of those characters, all the homunculus characters are so wrath, under... lust, gluttony, envy, basically seven deadly sins. Sorry. Yeah, all of those characters are under, uh, are essentially under uh, Bradley's control. Like he doesn't uh, control them necessarily, but he is their he is essentially their master or father or whatever you want to go ahead and call him. He's basically their their leader. He is their king. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, okay, let's uh let's go to my next pick. I am picking from Cowboy Bebop. I am picking Vicious. It's a good pick, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you guys are on your own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Vicious we is leave Austin out of this for a second. <laughs> I don't know. Uh if you want to be spoiled, uh, Austin, it's up to you. I don't know if you're gonna ever watch Cowboy Bebop. I've watched, like, five episodes that are, like, 20 episodes apart from each other, so... <laughs> Alright, so basically, uh, and Kyo, you've watched this series, too, so if I get stuff wrong, like, feel free to correct me. Uh, he's the I big won't. final villain of Cowboy Bebop, uh, Vicious, basically, uh, he attempted this coup, uh, it didn't work out, and he, towards the end of the anime, the basically the end of the anime, he captures, uh, Spike, uh, sp- no, not Spike, uh, uh, one of Spike's teammates, Faye, and, um, as a way, and let's Faye contact Spike as a way to, uh, 
get Spike come to come to him and get 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 rid of of, of Spike. He, his goal is to eliminate Spike. Um, he's very so similar to uh to Spike in the way that like um. They're both cynical individuals, but like he's more—I'd say he's more of a sociopath. Like clearly, this individual lacks all kinds of empathy. Uh, he just wants yeah. to get rid of Spike. He just wants to kill his opponent. Um, very, very, very evil character as a human. And this guy doesn't have specific powers. He's just like a human being, but he's um, very, very like I just—I'm trying to like. Crazy, insane, out of his mind, and he basically—I don't know like the, the theories, but. Um, it said that he he kills Spike basically at the end, but Spike eliminates him by leaving a grenade. Um, I the reason why I'm really picking him is because of the rivalry, the rivalry he has against Spike, and throughout the entire anime, uh, we see like he's lightly referred to, and we really see him in action towards the end. And he's he packs the punch that uh, a villain, a, a greatest anime villain, should pack. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I f- I feel like he's respected in the sense that like this guy is evil this guy is not good this guy will never be considered to be good um yeah that's my opinion i know kill you you you've seen uh, vicious in action i really would like to hear your thoughts um i i like to think of vicious as like spike's opposite he's not um or like they're it's kind of like uh they're the same person in the aspect that they're cool and calculated and they're very smart but um, I think the real difference between the two of them is their uh, code of morality. Like, the fact is, uh, Vicious is... He's kind of a power seeker, from what I can tell. Um, it's been a while since I watched the show, but um, best I can say is probably he's... Uh, uh, he's kind of like... He, he's kind of like an animal in the sense that you can't really see... You can't really see the wheels turning in his head. He's one of those people you can't get you can't get behind the curtain in a way and like yeah, see yeah, what yeah, yeah. his his next move is going to be like the only person who could possibly figure that out is probably spike because they they think in the same way in a sense and the, it's kind of it's a little hard to explain like it's more of a uh you have to see this char- character to really uh kind of get him Right, right. It's not really something that you can necessarily describe. I might feel that way with a lot of them. It's a little harder to just uh, kind of get my thoughts out like that. But let, let um, me I hope that makes sense. A, you know, let me attempt a comparison and tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, Jet is Vash and Spike is Nice. Does is there vicious? any? Yeah, vicious. Sorry, vicious is Nice. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Is there any um, similarity when I say that? I feel like there is. They're not brothers, not really by blood, but these have that like good evil relationship. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, I would say it's pretty similar, but I wouldn't say it's uh, quite on the nose there. Um, I would say that with uh, Vash and Knives, it's more about uh, more about them seeing a different point of view, uh, like they're. Uh, Actually, you know what? I think you might be right on that. They're just about kind of in the same in the same boat, except the difference is that uh, between these two uh, sets of people is that with uh, Vash and Knives, they can't really avoid each other because they're family. Family is um, 100% connected. Like, there's no way you can cut that off unless you kill that person, obviously. No, obviously, that's not the smart idea. But um, 
the best way I can describe it is that um, it's different simply because uh, Vash can't get rid of knives, not because he uh, physically can't, it's that he doesn't want to cross that line because he doesn't want to be exactly the same as his brother, basically. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and there, with uh, Spike yeah. and Vicious, I feel like it's more so about, uh, like, uh, Vicious seeks power, but um, I want to I say that uh, Spike is more so just looking to uh, live his life however he, wa- however he feels uh, fit. And beyond that, right, that's right. about... That's the best way I can describe it, I think. I mean, that's that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, Hotshot, is there anything you, else you would like to add before moving on to Kyo's pick? Nope. <laughs> All right, Kyo, your turn. Cool. Um, my next pick is uh, Goku Black from Dragon Ball Super. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I love this guy. Um, For me, this, char- this is uh, a much more... Uh, kind of straight lace kind of one for me because like I have I kind of have an answer for this one I have a much more clear cut answer as to why I picked this uh, this one in particular okay and that answer would be that answer would be uh, is that it's it's the fact that it's basically the same character as Goku except um, he gives off a aura of evil like he is very clearly evil like there is no uh, there's no hoot about it. Like, nobody would tell you otherwise. No hoot about it? Yeah. I've never heard that phrase. No? That is what I'm taking away from the pick. <laughs> That's the best thing. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> what do you think, Jayanne? <laughs> I mean, he's... Do you think that's accurate? I mean, I, I, I think it's accurate. Uh, I also think... Um, What's important to note about Goku Black is the fact that um, he's from Future Trunks' timeline. Um, Future Trunks was able to get rid of uh, uh, Cell and everything when he comes back, and he manages to uh, figure out how to take care of uh, of Boo when he comes back as well. He kills off Babidi, so Boo never happens in the future. But then Goku right. Black shows up, and he's such a threat that Future Trunks has no other choice but to go to the past and recruit Vegeta and Goku to go back to the future and deal with Goku Black. And they have to like go back and forth a couple of times with the time machine. It kind of works out, doesn't work out a bunch of times. Um, and right. uh, Goku Black uh, also works with uh, Zamasu uh, in counterpart. Um, so I think he's a good he's a good pick for sure. But without Zamasu, he the, the, he really isn't as big of a threat as I feel like he would have been. Um, but he is obviously uh, a, a super super evil uh, character. Uh, a great example of this would be uh, so Future Trunks goes back to the past for the very first time, right? And yeah. he wakes up. Uh, after being beat up, and he sees Goku for the first time, like, the uh, the OG Goku, like, our Goku, and he's like, oh, you're Goku Black, and he starts fighting Goku, and Goku's like, what the, what what are you doing, what, 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 I'm Goku, I'm Goku, he's like, I know you're Goku, and he starts, like, trying to attack you, like, you see what I mean? Like, this is the yeah. impact that this character has on Trunks, so, yeah, no, good pick. Yeah, the main reason that I picked, okay. <laughs> main reason I picked that character is because, uh, uh, for one, I haven't seen very much of uh, Dragon Ball Super. I've only seen clips thus far. I, I do plan to check it out at some point. But uh, the biggest reason that I picked him was because of his aura. Like, just the uh, the vibe that the, the character gives off. Like, he... 
There, there's no, there's no question about it that it's an evil Goku, and that's a frightening concept. If you already know like Dragon Ball really well, you'd be like, oh, it's Goku. Ah, Goku's evil, or you know. He goes. He also goes Super Saiyan Rose. Just, just saying. Yeah. Pink Super Saiyans. How do you feel about Pink Super Saiyans being evil, Hotshot? On Goku Black specifically, no, just because I haven't really seen a whole lot of him. But the concept of him I really like because I've always liked the uh, evil versions of other characters cliche. Like, right. for, uh, for example, let's go ahead and take a popular show, Rick and Morty. Like, I love evil Morty. <laughs> Like evil Morty is best Morty. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the, the the cliche of a reversal, like good to evil, uh, is is overused. But I feel like Goku Black kind of isn't. Like I know he's the he, I know he's evil Goku, but it's not cliche to me in the sense that I feel like his motives and the way he goes about his motives and really like trying to take out the future. Also, the fact he's from an alternate timeline, like there's enough there to make him his own character. I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying that like that the cliche that the cliche is a good cliche because like some people like it, some people don't. But well, the main thing to keep in mind is it's a um like a cliche is a tool. It's like using a hammer. Like anybody could uh, bash their skull open with a hammer on accident if they're not using a hammer. Right. Point is, like if you don't use your tool right, you're gonna mess up. Yeah, so, so people like, need to stop use a cliche hitting, properly. So people need to stop hitting screws with this hammer. <laughs> exactly. Hit a nail. <laughs> Broly smash. I know. Yeah, he just punches the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but that's all, right. all I got. That's all yeah, I got. Yeah, I hear on. you. I hear you. Uh, hot shot, your turn. All right, so in my number four spot. Da, 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 da. My number four spot, uh, Jaden, I know this is an anime that you don't know that well, but it's an anime that Kyo and I kind of live and breathe at this point. <laughs> Zekiro Terror! No, I'm kidding, go no. ahead. I'm picking Corset from Panty and Stocking. Corset from Panty and Stocking. Please yep. regate me. So, Corset is essentially the devil. And <laughs> because Panty and Stocking is the anime about two angels who are stuck in what I assume to be purgatory... <laughs> and their main villains are two demon sisters, and the sisters serve Corset, which is essentially the devil trying to bring about uh, death and destruction to D-City and basically the entire world. You don't really see him a whole lot until the sisters start... Like, last two episodes, I think. Yeah, that's where you actually see him see him. Um... In a couple episodes, the Demon Sisters will be going to the like this office area, and you'll see shapes like you'll see teases of him, you'll see silhouettes of him. It's just a very like chilling, uncomfortable vibe that he gives off. Until you meet and the character, and he's actually kind of funny. <laughs> he's a, he's really funny. He's a really funny character. But the more you watch him, it's just. Uh, like, he's completely covered in, uh, what is it, like, belt straps or something? Like, belt straps. Uh, yeah. Like, straps, um, basically straps, uh, corset, like his name is, so he, like, keeps tightening his corset. Um, <laughs> like, basically... He keeps, like, basically trying to break circulation off of his body in some places. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hard to watch at times, but when he actually fights, he's he gives the... Uh, he gives Fanny and Stocking a run for their money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm reading here on the wiki, I'm looking at his character. Uh, 
He is described as a misogynistic mastermind. Do you want to maybe? I don't know. That's that's kind of a big, big gulp of information there. Um, what 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 about him is misogynistic? I, I don't want to go to a place that's like uncomfortable if you don't want to talk about it. But I I just I saw that and I was like, what the what? Like it's a prejudice against women. What it is what it is? Because I mean, at the end, the final episode, he's after a key. Which is, ironically enough, in the pants of our main male hero. <laughs> His dick turns into a key. <laughs> There's no other way to word that. That's just what happens. I'm just going to okay. say, I this mean, show I, gets I, really I, weird if you ever decide to check it out. <laughs> Watch I mean, Freeman's Stocking High. I dare the, the, you. The, the thing is, I've heard uh, Hotshot describe this this anime and characters from this anime many many times and to me it just the concept of it sounds kind of like too out there for me if you get what i mean uh too pushed um, this is not the worst you could deal with my friend <laughs> no i i was about to go there it's there's way worse out there and i agree with you um i just guess as an anime viewer myself there's like certain boundaries that my animes i enjoy fall into and that for some reason doesn't for me uh maybe later on i will but for me it's not one i want i i would grab off the shelf and watch right away that and being I will, said and i will respect that for you uh panty is talking is in my top five however no totally um I guess that um, this villain, like I, I'm looking, he really has a corset and he like tightens it like crazy. That's what's the point of doing that? Um, I don't know I if think it's, it's to punish himself or if it's to like gain pleasure to like deal with the failure. I think it's just kind of like a power move in mm. a way, like you know how you would, uh, I don't know, like a figurehead above you would probably like try to uh, like show that they have power over you by doing something that looks a little like for one uncomfortable and two just uh, something that you probably wouldn't do. Oh, so like let's so, say, like, just let's say you that out you're. Let's say that you, um, I'm your boss, and you come up to me with bad news. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I start, like, just shredding paper slowly. <laughs> just like, okay, resume. <laughs> like, just to put you on edge, like, what am I? What else am I going to put in here that's important? Yeah. <laughs> it also might just be the fact that it's connected to his power, but other than that, I have no idea why. That's, that's, well, I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I, I have nothing else on Corset, honestly, but I do... F- I find the con the concept um, of this character the 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 way he's drawn is what I'm trying to say the, the artwork concept very very interesting he looks like triangular almost on a lot of these edges yeah. um, kind of weird that's but a kind lot of, of how the show is that's just like the show's design I really love it uh, okay <laughs> well yeah no he, a, a, interesting like uh, physical concept there uh, yeah that's all I have on the uh, corset. All right, and that's all I got too so let's move on to you I am picking a character that we all know about. A character that we all love. A character that is still considered a villain to me. Even though this person does great things towards the end of its anime. Um, this character um, in the early goings of this anime is portrayed as a villain. Is referred to as a villain. Later on the story shows that he was just doing a mission that he had to do. I'm picking Itachi Uchiha. I don't know him. <laughs> Stop lying to yourself. <laughs> you played his younger brother in the, the abridged series Damn. he has a brother <laughs> um so itachi uchiha uh we see him depicted early on into the anime as uh sasuke's older brother the one who killed off the entire uchiha clan and basically um the reason why sasuke is emo and has so much a- hatred is because of itachi um I really enjoyed Itachi uh, as a villain because we see... Uh, well, first of all, I got to respect him for... I think he was like 14 or something or like super young, 12 years old when he joined the Ambu. Absolutely insane. Uh, great, great, 
great ninja just from like a power stance. And then um, he is completely evil the way he joins the Akatsuki, and um, he really provides amazing battles within uh, Shippuden and the original Naruto. Uh, he's a great, great, great villain, in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts on Itachi? All good. So, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Itachi as a villain on this podcast? I mean, obviously, I mean, I can't really say anything else about Itachi that we haven't said already. He's a great character, he's a great villain, and turns into a great hero. I honestly don't have anything new to say about him. Alright, what about you, Kyo? I think the reason that, like, we uh, really see him as a hero is because, um... At the end of the show, we're kind of uh, we're kind of there with Ita- with uh, Sasuke throughout the entirety of the uh, discovering like what his what his brother was actually like. So like we go from seeing him as a horrible human being to realizing that the way that he was doing everything was for uh, for the better of the the Hidden Leaf Village. So I think that's that's personally my reason why I think that it works so well. Uh, does the fact that he's uh, is uh, a part of the Akatsuki does anything for you guys in terms of like how evil it is? Does that like add to him being a villain? Or yeah, I think it adds is, to it. Yeah, well, and and in what way though? Because that, that's what I'm trying to figure out and depict from his character. Well, I mean, he helps go after the individual jer- and Jinchurikis too. He's doing these to the Jinchurikis. He's helping in the in the removal of the tailed beasts. He's helping hunting them down. He's essentially killing all these people for, uh, he's helping the Akatsuki. Even if he is doing it undercover, he's still doing these heinous crimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, I feel like these, these crimes that he's committing and this, like, being a part of the Akatsuki, um, I don't know if it outweighs the the fact that, he, I mean, he does what he does at the end where uh, he defeats Kabuto and releases the Ido Tensei Jutsu. Um, and that's, uh, like, uh, the most, the, one of the best things he can do because as a because uh, he gets re- reanimated but since he's so good with genjutsu he can act of his own will um i mean also like maybe just this final point on itachi um his skill level like what do you guys think of his skill uh, skill level with all of the uh, sharingan susano amaterasu genjutsu like no, but like <laughs> seriously like think about it no yeah seriously he's op <laughs> oh i heard you say he's okay no, he's OP, overpowered. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, oh, for sure. Oh, no, yeah, he's okay, too. He's overkill. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Snick, slick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you guys have nothing else on Itachi, your guys' turn. I think uh, I think we're good on Itachi, then. <laughs> All right, so I think I picked something a little unconventional, because this character is uh, technically considered the hero of this uh, said, uh, said anime, but... Um, I feel like uh, this kind of just adds to the character. So uh, my pick for this one would be uh, Yuno Gasai from Future Diary. I love this character <laughs> so much. I love Yuno is one of my favorite characters. Period as well. Like I absolutely love how I love how she came out. Like in the show, the way it starts out with uh, us kind of being on her side and just really. Uh, wanting her to accomplish her goals but as the show goes on you see that part of it is kind of her fault and it's pretty clear that she, uh, what she's doing is just not uh not right like it's al- already pretty obvious to us as uh an audience that has a 
moral standing. But I like to think of Yuno as sort of a uh, a very complicated character. Like she's doing all of these things for somebody that she loves, though she's though she's obviously doing uh, wrong things. It's not like uh, it's not like she's being malicious. She's more so just doing them because she has to. It's like she's kind of accepted that she's a villain, but uh, in a way, the way she comes across, she's not. 100% evil, as it were. You know? Does, does that make sense? It does make sense. Have you seen all of uh, the Future Diary series? I've seen the entirety of the show, yes. So what... Okay, spoiler alert. What did you think about the whole twist at the end with, with two Yunos? I, I, it was a really big twist, and I think it worked out really, really well. I loved how it... Uh, it's something that you could have guessed at, but it wasn't... Uh, uh, it wasn't completely impossible to the audience because uh multiverse concepts were kind of introduced into the show but um i really like how it came i really like the way it came across it didn't come up off across as like a uh a deus ex machina no pun intended towards the character there but uh it really came off as uh like a really good twist and a really good uh story point I really like the way it came. I really like the way that it came across. It didn't come off gimmicky in my eyes. It actually came off as a very strong way to go about the story. Right, right, right. Um, so, like, kind but- of explain the characters, uh, like sudden, like, like changing, uh, changing pers- personality. Right, right, right. Um, I also like. I don't know, like, how much of her I consider to be uh, evil when you think of the concept that this is a survival game, and also the fact that you know she's with Yuki the entire time, and basically Yuki's a very sympathetic figure, and so they're portrayed more as a duo, a duo, sorry, um, throughout yeah. the entire most of the series. So, I mean, I guess she's the more evil half. Yes, she. I mean, she's like bloodlust and like cold blooded, and will will take out anyone who needs to be taken out. Um. I, I guess that's the evil, like, is that, like, what you've, like, pulled out as being her most evil parts, or is there something else that I'm missing? Um, I mostly just see her, like, as, uh, I guess I see her as, like, a dark character, but I, um, the fact that nothing stands in her way, and that she's kind of, uh, sworn off morality for the most part, like, she, the only thing that matters to her is Yuki, and the fact that that's all that she really cares about is really, uh, it's interesting to see a character like have nothing to lose except for one single thing, and I think that's a really I don't know. It's like really interesting and kind of scary to see what a character or what a person is like when they have literally nothing to lose, or that they have one single thing that they uh, could that could make them snap. Right, and and that's why she comes up with the whole lie with like you know Yuki, if you win, your parents will come back to life and all this stuff, and like that's that's another very evil thing that she does. So I think yeah, it, it is it's solid pick. Yeah, solid pick. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Hotshot? I haven't seen many episodes of Future Diary, hence why I threw my headphones off essentially. But um, from what I have seen, I instantly fell in love with her. <laughs> like again, like Yo said, well, yeah. Um, like, a character that has absolutely nothing to lose except one thing, and this one thing being Yuki, especially when the one thing is a person and all, actually. It just kind of drives, kind of drives, like, have you guys, I know, Kyo, I know you've heard the sign, but have you ever heard the sign that, like, there's nothing scarier than a man with nothing left to lose? Yeah. Yeah. That's this, basically what I was describing her as. Yeah, this is, that is, you know, incarnate. <laughs> Right, right, and I feel like if if you see a little bit of you know you've seen how crazy she is, does that add to her evilness to you? Like, do you think that makes her more of an evil 
persona, the fact that she's so insane and she'll do crazy things? Honestly, yeah, because a lot of the characters that do do stuff like that are are evil. I mean, I get that Yuno is essentially supposed to be the hero of this anime, but with a whole lot of villainous acts that she does, it's kind of hard to swing that way. Definitely, definitely. Uh, let's swing it your way. What is your next pick, Hotshot? So this is a character that I just, that I just recently ran into, that me and Kyo just recently ran into, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Stain the Hero Killer oh. from Hero Academia. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> hallelujah! Sorry for the listeners for that part of the podcast. No, quite frankly, between the two of us, we uh, once we got started on Hero Academia, we absolutely could not stop. No. <laughs> so that's why we're kind of uh, a little far behind on it. Like right now, we're just on uh, what we're still working our way through season two. Yeah, because we don't want to lose like the entire day, week, month, or whatever time frame we're working with. We don't want to lose that entire time to Hero, so we have to put it down for a while. <laughs> Oh my god, Stain is so good as a villain. Have you seen everything from Stain? We've seen him get caught. Um, Up to that point, like where he escapes, that's about as much as we've seen of him so far. Yeah. Have we, you seen him fight against Midoriya or anything like that? Or fight we against saw him fight. We saw him fight Midoriya, uh, Todoroki, and uh, Ida. Yes, okay, good, good, good. What did you think about Stain? Please, I gotta hear this. He's freaky. I don't like him. <laughs> okay, I lied. Uh, Stain is probably so far my favorite villain in Hero Academia, um, especially when it comes to his quirk being able to paralyze anyone whose blood that he tastes, and the fact that he not all of his skills are reliant on his quirk. Like he can actually still fight without using his quirk, and something like that. Especially when it comes to a whole lot of characters who use their powers. And you never really see fight without powers. I really like seeing that aesthetic to him. Not to mention, this was supposedly the first... No, not supposedly. This was the first fight where uh, Midoriya had, like, com- like control over his quirk. Yeah, and seeing And it was that, really cool to see, uh, uh, to see him in control of his quirk, like, without breaking any of his body. And still holding off a... Major, major villain. Like, um, Kyo and I, when we actually saw the fight between uh, Todoroki, Stain, Ida, and Midoriya, when we actually saw the fight when the heroes were actually landing hits against Stain, we actually, ooh, and ah, and uh, <laughs> Like, we actually did what you're su- kind of supposed to do when you see impacts on on shows. Him as a character with him... Just wanting to purge the world of all heroes, all pros, is... It's kind of the same uh, story, or, like, uh, the same idea as the character uh, uh, Syndrome from oh. Incredibles. So, like, he wants to return... Doesn't he basically want to return the world to, like, the glory days of re- heroes? Yeah, he wants like, to return where the world... real heroes are not, like... Not, like, like celebrities. Yeah. yeah. He wants to return the world the way it was, where heroes were essentially more like vigilantes, and then he wants to be a hero. Right, right. He hates the society of, like, these false heroes. Like, not everyone can be a hero. Uh, he basically is, like, the anti-All Might, which I really, uh, like, enjoyed about him. And also, like, let's just, like, let's not forget the fact that this guy's a murderer. Like, he's, I think he's murdered, like, 17 or 23 he- heroes, something crazy like that. I mean, Ida's older brother is dead because of this guy. He's not dead. 
or sorry, or damaged or whatever. He, he's he was, he's he, in the hospital. He's in the hospital. He can't use his legs anymore. He can't. Yeah, basically, he's out of he's out of commission. Is what yeah. I meant. Sorry, um, but this again, staying the hero I mean, killer, he does have confirmed kills under his name. No, for sure. And the thing is also, um, the, what he did to Ida's brother, um, and the way it shifted Ida's uh, personality and everything, and it really like affected him like emotionally, mentally, all of the above, um, is another like it just it shows the impact that this character has had on like our main cast on Class One A. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially the fact that like Ida, the one who you think has the most uh, level-headed. Uh, calmness when it comes to actually being a hero and doing hero work. Like, even in the drills, he couldn't bring himself to act like a villain in the drills because of, like, how heroic and charismatic he actually is. But then, even right, he right. falls prey to, like, uh, revenge and wanting to kill Stain and stuff like that. Even someone as high as that can fall victim to this kind of thing. Absolutely. Stain is a great pick. I think you should have made him your first pick, like, to start out strong. Um, but yeah, no, great pick. I love Stain. Uh, 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 amazing villain. All right, and I think if we all got what we need to say on Stain, I think it's Jaden's turn. Tis my turn. This is my uh, fourth pick. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know who to go with first. I'm going to go with uh, go Boros. Boros from One Punch Man. Um, he is the final villain from One Punch Man, and he is absolutely like amazing. I really enjoyed Boros because basically his his shtick is uh, he's the leader of his um, platoon of aliens, and they travel the the war the the universe to find like uh, planets with like life on it and destroy them and see if they can he can find someone who's like worth his. Uh, a challenge from him who gives him a challenge and well that's basically what Saitama is minus the traveling the world the universe part because Saitama never finds a challenge finally Boros meets Saitama and they match up and it's like it's an incredible battle and Boros really goes all out Saitama I mean goes Saitama uh, is Saitama ever gonna go all out we don't know yet um, and I really enjoyed um, his uh, how can I explain his personality where he's He's prideful, and he's like, finally, someone who's worth uh, my time. I've traveled the universe, blah, 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 blah. And then Saitama goes, okay, shut up. This is taking too long. Let's fight already. Like, <laughs> I really enjoyed, uh, he has that, like, classic, you know, the villains that just talk forever and ever. Um, yeah. He has that to him. But he's he was just such a good uh, match against Saitama, and I really enjoyed what he brought, because he really represents the final arc um, of... Um, of One Punch Man, uh, the first season at least. Um, mm. Remember how like Frieza is one of your favorite villains, right? It's mm -hmm. one that you truly enjoy. Um, um, what I wanted to like bring up about Boros is that Boros is similar to Frieza in the sense that he has his spaceship, he has his minions, and he destroys planets, and he has um, this bloodlust because he wants to he wants to find someone who's worth his challenge. So very similar to Frieza. Um, do you feel like um, villains such as these, where they have their minion, they have their spaceship, and they go around destroying planets, um, is that like? something that you would be considering like super evil or something that's just it's kind of overdone I, I i'd be curious to know your opinion on that i mean you're destroying planets <laughs> that's evil well it's not right, it's not it really overdone? a question of whether or not if it's evil i think the real question is like is that an enjoyable archetype um again yeah, it's yeah, like, more, it goes yeah. back to the the hammer argument that i made earlier but um i would have to say that i think that it's an interesting idea to have a um an overall leader who 
at first is sort of like kind of uh, kind of small and just doesn't uh, it doesn't appear all that threatening to begin with. But once uh, like once you've made your way through like the the halls and halls of bad guys and his minions and everything uh, to find that he's the center of it all, he is the essentially the final boss character that you have to fight before uh, gaining your gaining your victory, as it were. Um, I find that I find that to be a really good villain. It depends on, uh, of course, as I said before, it depends on how you use it. But yeah, I guess the ultimate answer I would have to give you is that yes, that is a villain that I enjoy, but as long as it's handled well, and I think the best way that it has been handled from my memory has been, uh, for example, Frieza, um, probably Emperor Palpatine from uh, Star Wars is a really good example of that. Right, right. Uh, Hotshot, what about you? Uh, is that t- archetype of villain something that you enjoy, or is something that you think is a good archetype, or or is it the same thing where it has to be well done, or else you're just not going to enjoy it? It has to be well done, because honestly, I, to me, I feel like it's just a cheap way of saying, oh, look how powerful I am. It's just like, okay, Because he has all planets. these people under him? Well, I mean, yeah, like, okay, you destroy planets. Why don't you fly off this one and destroy the one that the hero's on? <laughs> Instead yeah, of giving him a chance to off. stop you. Yeah. Basically. Um, okay, no, very interesting point. Um, okay, so Hotshot, uh, yeah, go ahead for your turn. I'm going to save the bigger one for last, so I'm going to go with Numu, also from Hero Academia. A great, great artificial pick. <laughs> um, honestly, there's not too much to say about him either. He's uh, kind of the Hero Academia equivalent of, uh, uh, should we say, like Broly? Like, he's damn near indestructible. I'd say he's more indestructible than Broly, frankly. I completely disagree with that. Agree to disagree? No, 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 because... We've seen Broly Broly damaged. We haven't really seen Numu damaged. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? You've seen Numu damaged? Yeah, but it took the entirety of two, what, two, three episodes to kill him? It took a movie to kill him. It took one dude! It took All Might! That's all it took! Yeah, but it took him quite a while to do it, and he was running on empty. Right, but like, All Might was one guy, and he was able. It's like, okay, his quirk is able to like uh, shock absorption, right, or whatever is the the way you want to describe it. But there's a limit to it, right? What it took for All Might is to go all the way through and like destroy him with his own power. What it took to take out Broly was every single other character to give their power to Goku in order to defeat Broly. So there was much more of an effort to destroy Broly, in my opinion, than Numu. We haven't Plus, seen Numu's Numu. lifeless body, so he's still alive somewhere. No, no, Numu's that Numu is is long gone. That, that I am not spoiling anything. Okay. <laughs> Plus, you can create cyber Numus or whatever you want to call them. They're like the, the Numu is uh, is an idea that they want to like. It's an artificial thing. They can create the artificial right, like. So um, he keeps happening. You can never kill Numu. He's <laughs> always here. Okay. If Church had gone, I'm picking every single Numu. <laughs> yes. They all but, um, share a name, meaning they all share an identity. Oh god! I I I I understand what you're trying to say, but I I think it took way more of an effort to take out Brawly than to take out Numu. Like that's that's like I not, think the I, I think the difference is that more so you feel a little more the desperation with uh, uh, with Hero Academia because the characters in Hero Academia are like in their training stages. This is like as strong as it gets, and it took All Might to kill him to kill Numu. And, like, that's their trump card, and on top of that... Anime's um, equivalent to Superman. Like, 
20 Supermans, basically. <laughs> but um, uh, my point is that I think that there's more uh, fear towards Numu than there is for Broly, because uh, I think that the way that they're handled is the difference here, because the way that uh, Broly is presented, he's presented at first as being a uh, a sort of strong character, like in the first movie, but... Um, Admittedly, it does take just, like, one thing to, uh, like, it just takes a split second of just being told Kakarot for him to snap and, uh, like, let loose completely. Right, right, right. Like, fair point on that, but I feel like this whole fear thing that you're describing that there is more of Unumu, of course there is. He was, he broke into the training session. Like, this was an unexpected thing where they're still in training, and then this this life thing that was designed to destroy All Might shows up randomly. Of course there's gonna be more fear, but like, uh, at the point where we're talking about Broly, like, these people, like, the say, Vegito Goku, they had, like, multiple fights under their belt, so I feel like comparing those two, it's like a big difference. They're not in the same point in their, I guess, career as fighters. You see what I mean? Right. Like, they're still training. Like, Class 1A has um, has not, like, had as big of a challenge as the Dragon Ball Z, as the Z fighters at, at that point. Um, and I wanted to bring up uh, another point, but I'm forgetting what it was. If it comes back to me, I'll mention it. He, great pick, yeah. I, I enjoyed Numu, yeah. Okay. So that goes over, back over to Austin, then? Alright, so for my number four, this is uh, this is another fairly uh, fairly recent villain that I enjoy the show so much that I binge through it in three days. Which one? Uh, the only show that I've actually finished on there. <laughs> uh, and I'm picking Croy. Would you say this? Oh, oh, okay, wrong one. Yeah, I'm picking Croy from uh, Little Witch Academia. Croy from Little Witch Academia, okay? Uh, talk to me about Croy. Do you know about Croy? Uh, I ha- I know very little about my hero. Uh, my oh my god, no, I don't. <laughs> my hero academia. I don't know. Cry, please explain. Cry. I was hoping that this would happen. Anyway, <laughs> actually, is that why you asked me? That's why I asked you. Yeah, I mean, I have every intention of telling you about Croy, but I was hoping that you'd get the academias mixed up. Uh, go ahead. Anywho, so Croy is one of those other. Uh, underhanded undercover villains where um in the main series she comes in as what's seemingly a genuine teacher character where um it seems like all she wants to do is broaden what the uh broaden what the old witches are thinking where traditional magic is all that we've known or traditional magic is all that we need when Croy comes in and infuses uh old timey magic with technology and shows them how technology can actually advance their magic and make their magic stronger and make their defenses stronger and et cetera, et cetera. But when you get to know her for a few episodes, she's actually gathering data to build this ultimate... I don't remember what the end goal was, unfortunately. Do you? <sighs> Dang, it was, it's been a while since I watched that show. But she's basically gathering data, and she makes a massive bomb to basically fill the world with, like, un- never-ending rage. Like, she has these, um... She has these data collectors that will literally gather emotions and magical powers from whoever they touch. And she will absorb it into herself and make her own magic stronger. Huh. That's actually pretty cool. I, I like the whole... I guess I guess her abilities are more... 
in the technology verse would would that be correct like she's more like technology. yeah the character is more so using um uh, more so using technology than magic but there is magic involved so it that's one of the things that i really liked about uh a little witch is that it's actually um taking like modern concepts and also fusing uh, fantasy with it so that's uh that's one of the things I think is uh, that it has up on Harry Potter because, like, for one, I'm personally not a big Harry Potter fan, but I am a very, very big fan of uh, Little Witch Academia. No, fair enough. Um, I am interested in seeing this show now that you described this a villain. Like, is Croy like the 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 villain throughout the entire series, or is is this like an arc villain? Uh, she's sort of like a, a surprise villain. So, like, she uh, comes in uh, later on in the show. Like, would you say halfway, Austin? Um, I'd say she comes in halfway, and then she's revealed to be the villain, like, in the final few episodes, like... Yeah, like, like the last five or four. Like the last five or four, yeah. Yeah. And then the greatest rival, the rivalry that she has with, like, the sweetest, most caretaking character in the entire freaking series. <laughs> huh. That's actually actually pretty cool. I, I, I'm i gonna have to check out, uh... Little Witch Academia. It's Not actually one. Academia. It's actually one of the very few animes or shows in general, actually, that me and Kyo started together, and I finished without him. <laughs> well, then, it's just that good. How many episodes? I think twenty-four. Twenty-four. It's more than twelve. Ooh. I'm pretty Ooh. sure it's more than tw- more than twenty-four, wasn't it? We're actually gonna have to double check on that. Yeah, I know well, my anime list.net. Huh? My anime list.net. Oh, Always I got plug. an app for that. I'm not That's even great. kidding. Seriously? <laughs> Me too. Yeah, there's an app seriously? for it. Ah. Yeah, well, it's literally... Well, no, well, I was saying seriously my... that he has one too. Oh, you have one? Yes, I do. Yeah, like you just pretty much just like list what episode you're on so that way you can keep track of okay, your stuff. Okay, then search uh, Little Witch real quick. Okay, we'll I think I have it there. in my already watched list. I mean, as you do that, I can go to, uh, I guess this is my final pick? Yep, we're on our finals already. So I want to pick, uh, for, as my final pick, um, I want to pick the Titan for the very first episode of Attack on Titan, <laughs> who ends up eating Eren's mother. This is no spoiler. It's a uh, very specific in- Titan. Yeah, no. Um, I'm picking this Titan because, uh, spoiler alert, sorry, it, this Titan comes back in season two of Attack on Titan towards the end. And I want to just go back to like, um, I know a Titan is like, isn't a mastermind or isn't a smart person. They're just basically like an oversized human that, uh, you need to cut the back of the neck of to kill. Um, but it was the pain, the emotion, the fear, the everything that this Titan brought upon Eren. And you, you we've seen Eren in the, in the first few episodes, like, have the strength to him and his tenacity because of like I want to kill every single Titan and see what they've done to my family. Um, I, I want I, I want revenge for that, and it's basically what this Titan was uh, the emotion that the Titan instilled within Eren that really makes me think that it's it's a worthy villain to mention. Um, I really enjoyed um, the the comeback of this side, but before I get to that, um, have you guys seen this scene that I'm describing the very first episode of Attack on Titan? Many times, yes. What like what like what was what went through your mind? Like, please. I mean, honestly, at the moment, there wasn't really a whole lot more going through my mind other than all the other Titans. Like, okay, they just totally destroyed this little kid's life. And <laughs> because I didn't really think of Eren as the main character, I just thought of it as, like, this is what we're hiding from. This is uh, what we refuse to fight. And then it's just, nom! And 
I mean, being eaten alive like that, especially by a giant like that, is a hell of a way to go, and it's freaky. And not to mention, literally every single Titan design is scary as hell, <laughs> in, especially <laughs> in the games. For sure, for sure. Uh, what about you, Kyo? Uh, for me, I see the Titans as kind of like the equivalents of uh, the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. That's kind of what you... <laughs> uh, it's kind of like what you come to see when you come to see it, like... You're not as interested in the characters. Like, I personally, like, really like the characters in Jurassic Park 1, but... I really uh, want there to be a scene of a Titan eating a lawyer. <laughs> in a toilet. That's very specific, but okay. <laughs> that's the most iconic scene in Jurassic Park. <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, for me personally, the, uh... Uh, like, the Titans are some of the coolest uh, creature designs I've seen. Like, I really like how every single one of them is absolutely horrifying. Like, it's, it, I think it's a really good design choice to have creatures that look almost exactly like us, but are completely different from us and have, like, no cognitive thought. Like, they're completely... Uh, they're, they're completely uh, animals or monsters in a way. Like, that's that's what I love about it. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I completely agree with that. But specifically, the moment with, when that Titan ate Eren's mother, what, what, what did that do for you? It's chilling and it's horrifying. <laughs> Especially because that okay. one is so yeah, up yeah. close when it happens. Yeah. And the, th and the thing is, this Titan comes back in Season 2. Um, and we basically, the end of Season 2 is basically the clash of uh, the Titans. Uh, I, I know this has been used so many times, but it's literally Eren Jaeger being captured by other humans that can transform into Titans and his squad, like uh, Berthold and all of them, and they have to get Eren back. And so they go to the Titan forest is where they bring Eren. So all the scouts go to that forest, and what ends up happening is that there's basically this big war, Titans versus humans, and it's an insane battle. And Eren manages to bring free and finally out of the blue comes back the titan that ate Aaron's mother uh. and Aaron Aaron's emotions Aaron's everything just falls up into pieces and it it, it was so amazing because it turns out that Aaron has this ability to control titans and he gets his revenge where he's like he yells at the titan leave me alone and then he just throws a punch towards the titan and as he does that this other Titan flies into the air and jumps onto the Titan that can, killed Eren's mother. Um, and this Titan gets eaten alive by the other Titans. And it's just an insane, like, rise and fall arc for me. Do you uh -huh. see what I mean? Like, we see this, er this, this, this Titan take away his mother. His mother, right? And then he gets his revenge at the end of Season 2. Like, that's what, like, really makes me think that this Titan is worth uh, a villain spot. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Yeah. All right, your guys' turn. Garrett, you're up. All right. Um, I do want to throw in an honorable mention for uh, the villain from the uh, the series Akamega uh, Kill. I don't recall the uh, the name of this character, but I do remember really enjoying said villain when they came into play. But uh, anyhow, um, my final pick is the character Salem from... Uh, Ruby, I believe it's. And before all you three. haters start on us, yes, it is a canon anime. The creator said it was an anime, therefore, it is an anime. I disagree. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um. I would say that the. Oof. 
I would say the thing that puts this character on the list for me is um, it is another character, kind of like the character father, but it's um, it's more interesting to see a um, a female character. So this is a female character, by the way. <laughs> um, this character is more interesting to me because she is uh, very soft spoken. She's very uh, uh, she appears very kind to her to her underlings. However, her uh, her outbursts do make you worry. Like, uh, what is her what is her power? Like, what what exactly can she do? Like, I'm a little further uh, behind than most people are with uh, Ruby uh, Ruby right now. But um, I would definitely say she is a she is personal a chills, She is a chills down your spine villain. Yeah, she's chilling, and it's clear that she is very powerful. Like she. She wouldn't have this position, and she wouldn't live where she lives if she wasn't e- extremely powerful. So, what's her abilities? Do you know, like what? Um, I, don't, exactly? I don't think I've watched enough of it to get uh, to get to that point. Though we haven't seen it, we haven't seen her fight. Is the thing like again? We're a bit further behind for, in Ruby than a lot of other people are. I think but, we're on what like season four, like almost at the end of season four, something like that. I honestly, well, it's know. been four season, and it's it's still not been revealed what she can do. Is what you're well, because well, it's she in season didn't come, five right now. I'm not sure. Well, because she didn't come in until like later in season four, and uh, season in season three. three, at the fall of Beacon, um, she was revealed to be the one like behind Cinder's, uh, Cinder's actions, the mastermind behind it all. Like, she's basically the go-my-underlings kind of character, but her appearance and her aura around her is so chilling that when you don't know what she can do, she's actually more threatening. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, I feel like if you've not seen the action, to me, like, picking as the greatest anime villain, I'm just, I'm not, I, I don't know if it's like, I don't get it, you know what I mean? Is that is that fair, or am I just looking too much into it? You're looking too much into it. I think it's more so that he hasn't seen the character, so well, he hasn't really seen the it's, show. No, but like it's like, like it's period. like you've ne- you haven't seen her abilities, you haven't seen what like kind of pack punch she can pack, and it's like you guys are picking it. I'm, I'm just trying to understand how if there's not that much basis for it. Well, um, sometimes it's not uh, what you see; it's so much as uh, what you don't see. Like, um, kind of leaving things in question. If this is the uh, like your first thought this... would be like, why is this person in charge? And clearly has uh, clearly has power over these other characters. It's just like, why don't these characters sweep out under her and take over? It's because she's too powerful. This is what we've seen essentially from her. The characters who rule under her or go under her, they do anything they can for her praise and avoid all of her punishment. The characters who have fought her have nothing but fear. Like the ones who have fought her before refuse to fight her again. And what would, what what would be her main goal as a villain? I, I, I'm sorry Total world destruction. It. I thought Basically, I thought it like, was world domination. World domination and world destruction, but mainly it's. I it think seems but you like can't more, have both. If you destroy the world, there's no more world. <laughs> well, to it dominate. seems like destruction is more of her style because I mean we've seen Beacon. We've seen what happens to Beacon. She wants everything to die. <laughs> everything. Everything. Okay. Fair enough. My final pick is from Daganropa. Um, it is the mastermind behind all of the despair and all of the heartbreak in this series. And it is Junko Inoshima. And she dies in the Dead. first episode. 
Wait, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, you might as well describe the character before like getting to the end, right? You, I said the first episode, she dies. That's not the right. end. Well, yeah, that, when you died, that, that's the end. Nope. She comes back? Kinda. Okay, it's so... It's a very okay, confusing... It's a very confusing game slash anime. So... Right, so... Monokuma yeah, well, is the face villain of the Daganropa series. He is the bear who controls all of the trials. He controls all of the murders. And basically, if you go up against Monokuma, you will be instantly killed until either the Blackened goes free, or you end up getting free yourselves, which he does not expect to happen. But Monokuma, the bear, is a puppet controlled by a mastermind who is eventually revealed to be Junko Inoshima. So, when I said that she dies in the first episode... It's apparently her twin sister. Yep. <laughs> so, she actually is... Evil! What? That's evil. Yep. So, what happens is essentially that she is so mastermind and so underhanded that her sister, who looks exactly like her despite uh, one facial feature, I'm not going to spoil that part, um... Even though I'm spoiling literally everything else. I was going to say. Uh, stands up <laughs> against Monokuma. And when she stands up against Monokuma, there is no hesitation in order to just spike and kill her sister instantly. And as she's looking around, it's actually revealed that the sister had no idea that this would happen. That Junko is acting against what they planned. And killed her on the spot for going up against her. Huh. And uh, she is uh, the one in charge of the execution. She is the one who's planning all this game. And there is no end goal. The only end goal for her at this point is to fill the world with despair. That's it. There is no world domination. There is no world destruction. There is no I want to be number one. It is just to make others feel like crap. It's Ability interesting to that sense they specifically talent, hope and despair. Exactly. That that's what I'm reading here. It's interesting that they specifically say um despair. Like despair is another word for uh it's a simile for grief. Right. Or wait, no, synonymous with grief. Yeah. Um so like And it's more and it's more so interesting that she's not only uh clinically insane, but <laughs> well, um she... it's also the fact that she is more than likely a sociopath. She has no empathy for anyone, not even for herself. Like she, like apparently, according to the, uh, according to the show that I watched, she died at the end of the show. Like they, uh, she lost the very game that she put into motion, and she took her death with a smile. Mm -hmm. And it's a really chilling character, like to see. Uh, like, you think you know the character, and then at the end, it does a complete 180 on you, and you're completely surprised by it. And it's a really... I think it's a strong anime twist, but I feel like it wasn't a very strong mystery twist, because, like, you couldn't have guessed it, yeah. like, right off the bat. But she, Okay, so... Okay, well, not right off the bat, but, like, you couldn't have, like, picked yeah. up on it later She on greets until... her death with a smile, she sends despair over to the world, and in Daganropa 2... She actually is in that one, because that one is actually in a virtual world. Uh. And she comes in at the final moments and is revealed to be the one behind that as well. Damn. Okay, so would you say she's, like, a bit of a mastermind? I mean, she's, she's, a she's, ma setting she's a mastermind. She's the one planning the game. She's the one who's planning all of Danganronpa. 
And oh wow, wow, yeah. wow, 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 whoa, okay, okay, that's how you, that's 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 wow, okay, well, and that's real, how you drop it like it's hot. And real quick, <laughs> this is the last thing I have to save on or say on her. I actually wasn't originally gonna put Junko in my list. This is actually courtesy of what's her YouTube name? I actually don't remember. Miraculous Yuki. Miraculous Yuki. <laughs> <laughs> Who, unfortunately, couldn't join us for this podcast. I do totally agree with her that this is a phenomenal villain. She is in my top three. I just wasn't going to mention her because Miraculous Yuki beat me to it. Fair enough. And yes, shout out to Yuki. We would love to have you on tonight. It would have been amazing. But, you know, life is life. Um, All right. Uh, So that's everything for the podcast. Uh, Let's close it up because this I think this is going to be the longest podcast we've done ever. Yeah. Um, Didn't you guys do like a two hour one at one point? No, don't think so. No. Well, I I looked through your guys' playlist a couple weeks ago and I was like, hmm, have they breached two hours? I could have sworn that I saw at least one that breached two hours. We've breached like an hour and 20. I think that's as far as we've gone. Uh, Hacha, what was your list? So to remind the people. All right, so my list was in a moment. See, this is why I typed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my list was Corset from Panty and Stocking, Stain from uh, Hero Academia, Wrath from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, Croy from Little Witch Academia, and Junko Inoshima from Daganropa. All right, uh, my list was uh, Boros from One Punch Man. Uh, Broly from Dragon Ball Z, Vicious from Cowboy Bebop, Itachi from Naruto, and the uh, Titan from Attack on Titan. What about you, Kyo? Uh, my list was Father from Fallen Alchemist, uh, Goku from uh, Dragon Ball Super, or sorry, Goku Black from Dragon Ball Super, you know, Gossai from Future Diary, Salem from Ruby, and Numu from Hero Academia. Very much so. All right. So uh, before we close out, do you guys want to want, want to plug your stuff? Go ahead. Uh, uh, I'll go first. Sure. Um, my channel is Giant Music. So YouTube.com backslash Giant Music. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud.com backslash Giant Music for that and the other places you can just look up anime podcasters in your favorite podcatcher. Um, and uh, GiantMusic.com if you want to hire me for any audio services. Uh, go ahead, Hotshot. Where can people find you? You guys can find me right here on Jane's channel because I never leave. He never lets me out. Um, you guys can also find never. me over on my channel, Hotshot Ginger. I promise there will be uploads at some point. Uh, you guys can also find me over on Twitter at Caution Ginger. Go. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at GoProKyo uh, slash Twitter.com. And you can also find me on YouTube at GoProKyo. Uh, if you folks want to hire me for uh, uh, for any artwork reason, uh, go ahead and uh, find my contact contact information in the in the uh, on said channel, or just uh, send me a direct message. And uh, I will be working on some uh, small abridged stuff on a little uh, reimbursed uh, channel called Daydreamer Studios. I'm there too. <laughs> yeah, he's there too. <laughs> I'll be there if I'm allowed to be, but I would love to be there. Yeah, we'll see what we can do with you. You're forbidden. (laughs) You're forbidden. You're on the the blacklist. (laughs) That rug was asking for it. Well, I mean, it was Jaden, so yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. 
Um, so that's basically everything. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Anime Podcasters. Thank you to Keo Hotshot. Like, seriously, thank you guys so much for getting us to episode 40. Crazy, crazy number. Um, we'll see. Uh, we're going to podcast until the wheels break off this thing. All yeah. right. Thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll see you uh, in the next episode. I'll see you. Hotshot might see you. Oh, I don't know who will see who. We have guests lined up, by, by the way, guys. We have actual Yay. guests that are going to be coming down the podcast. Um, I'll just play one of them. Retro Gamer, uh, who who did Cloud9 with us, is going to be a guest on one of the podcasts that are coming up. So stick ahead. Uh, you'll see when that comes out. Thank you guys so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.